0: news podcast your home for all things Tottenham Hotspur now here are your hosts
1: hello everybody and welcome to 2024 here on the Spurs news podcast I am Sam and joining me for the first show of the year it's the man the myth the legend it's Polynesian Dan
0: hello Sam how are we
1: I'm well. Uh, do you know how disappointed people probably are when they hear your voice and it's not Polynesian?
0: Uh, well, it's the myth, isn't it? It
1: is. It's part of it. It's part of the allure.
0: I don't know how Yorkshire I sound either, to be fair, but...
1: Yeah. You, you, you you sound more Yorkshire than me, and I sound more pirate farmer than you, so that's, that's probably roughly where it is. I mean, we sound like great Spurs fans, really, on this podcast.
0: We're, we're missing. We're missing a certain Matt.
1: We're, we're missing Matt. We're missing Stefan to to bring the kind of twang from that part of the country. Definitely, um, but I don't know. This this could be fun, you know. Spurs fans from around the globe unite.
0: I think that that'll raise concerns for some of our fans, though. Yeah. You just said that you're missing Stefan.
1: No, no, missing is in. I'm getting better. My aim is improving, and eventually, I will hit him. amazon limelight stealing bastard i'm never gonna forgive him for that i'm never gonna get over that i've decided i just no no it still hurts uh but yeah uh hello and welcome this is the first show of the new year uh we did take a kind of uh, unofficial hiatus over christmas apologies for that that was down to me uh basically i hit that I'm not going to lie, I hit fuck it, basically, I got to Christmas, I was exhausted, it had been a hell of a year, it was my, I I don't take a holiday really, I run several businesses and Christmas is my time off, and I just didn't want to do anything, <laughs> I was so out of it, just so kind of zoned out, you know, I had a mince pie in one hand, a, a, a drink in the other and that was it, I was being merry, uh, so apologies uh, that we didn't do the show, but we are back now the show is running again um one little bit of admin thing i've got to clear up straight away is um matt will return to the show as a guest but matt is no longer going to be on it on a regular basis matt started his own business last year and is very very busy (laughs) so he's had to sort of weigh up the kind of time and demands and stuff for doing things but uh matt will reappear hopefully on special occasions like cup finals speaking of cup finals Uh, We were in the FA Cup. The FA Cup has commenced. The third round, we played Burnley. Uh, Dan, what are your overall thoughts from the FA Cup third round, our approach to the FA Cup this season with team selection, and how are you feeling picking up that victory and then who we've got in the next round?
0: (laughs) Yeah, so a couple of things. Number one, FA Cup means an awful lot to you. It does. More than it does possibly me and probably generation after me, really. Yeah. Um, Because in the time I've supported Spurs, we've never come really close. Um, We've never really treated it with that much respect. We get knocked out quite early. So going into it, I was quite happy with the idea of playing a few youngsters. Um, you know, possibly giving some minutes to people that that haven't been given any so far. Um, you know, team, team news came out and we've, we've gone full strength for as as strong as we, we can do. I
1: do find it a little ironic you said that though, because you were very critical of us getting knocked out of the League Cup doing exactly what you just said.
0: Yeah, yeah. I want my cake and I want to eat it so, as <laughs> well. Um, At least I you're want honest. Under 18s <laughs> and win three 0 um, Yeah, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> when you go sh- when you go strong, you need to win. Yeah. Um, and we did, and I think some of the results we've had, or not even results, performances we've had recently,
1: yeah,
0: haven't necessarily lived up to angeball.
1: Yeah, that's fair.
0: But we're getting the results. Yeah. And then in sort of November time, we had next to no players and we were playing fantastic football but losing. Yeah. You know, it, it, it makes no rhyme or reason. No. Um, but at the moment, we seem to be grinding out some results. And uh, that was the Burnley game, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, for me, it kind of fell into that typical cup tie um, where... Burnley, um, I think Burnley played very well. I think they played some good football, but they also went into that game almost with it kind of in the backs of their minds of, okay, if we stay solid, we can frustrate them. You know, They've not got Sun to run in behind, so we can hold these kind of positions. And they they did a great job on us, really. It was it, it almost, I think I might have said this in our group chat, it felt like an old fashioned European tie, you know, where the team goes away and it's like, okay, don't lose. Or if we lose, make it one nil, you know. <laughs> just kind of they they came and did a job and it took something quite special to actually get a goal. Um, and that's something special. I mean, oof. I I mean, me and you have talked a little bit about this and we'll we'll just do it a little bit now, but Pedro Porro for me this season has been one of our standout performers. Uh consistently and and you know both offensively and defensively which is surprised me the most but i don't think you'll hit a sweeter shot than that 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 was beautiful
0: so i've gone on record this season saying that pedro poro is now my favorite spurs player
1: wow big statement he's
0: got he's got a huge um passion for for the game and yep. playing for spurs as well yep. um his improvement since last season has been phenomenal, but I, I guess that comes to playing for a manager that, you know, you, you want to play for and yep. plays attacking football rather than defensive football. And, you know, probably it helps him. It, it, it's the part of the game that he's better at. He, he isn't a defensive fullback. He's an attacking one. Yep. Uh, the new system suits him. Yep. Um after the match, you heard Brendan Johnson saying he shoots a lot in training. Yeah. Usually yeah. It, it doesn't go in the top, no. top in, but, um, he's got it in his locker. And no, no. yeah, the thing, the thing, uh,
1: I, the thing I really like about him, and I think perhaps this is where you were coming into, you see him so passionate is I see him celebrate making blocks or his teammates making blocks almost as much as he celebrates goals. Like he is so invested, you know, in, like everything. um, but, yeah, I I I mean, yeah, you, you you I could watch that goal over and over again. It's just one of those that, I think he even said it himself, that they were complimenting him afterwards. He said, yeah, it was quite lucky, really. <laughs> it just I just caught it perfectly. Um, and it's one of those where if you stood behind it and you just watched the ball leave his foot, it's like, wow. It was like it was on a string, just a rocket-guided missile straight into that corner. Yeah,
0: it, it, it was his first goal this season. Yeah. But you, I don't want to put you on the spot. You shared some uh, stats after the match. Yeah, he's got how many assists has he got this Seven. season? Seven. Seven. Yeah, that's a hell of a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You he know?
1: he is he is contributing massively. Um, I, I, t- I tell you what's interesting. Like you said that about your sort of favourite player and. Um, because it was the end of the year, like 2023, a lot of people were having that discussion, like who's been your f- best player of the year and stuff. I always find that quite difficult with football because obviously 2023 started, we were shite. Um, working under Conte, Stellini, Mason, the squad was all over the place. It, it was really poor. And just so to, to put it all in one year felt a little bit difficult. So I tend to like to try and do that at the end of the season. So we sort of base it on the football year, if you like. And I honestly think at the end of this season, barring some disasters or something horrible, picking out the best player in the side is going to be really difficult. For the the first time in a little while, because I think Sonny's had an outstanding season in the past and we've all gone, well, Sonny's the guy, Kane, obviously. But this season, if you think about the players who come in, Udogi and Pedro Porro, great shouts. You know, you could argue for both of them have been massive impacts. But then Vacario has been a revelation in goal. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, Van der Ven with his start, if he gets back fully fit and continues like that, that could be a hell of a debate and argument. Madison, I mean, Madison is still up there in the assist chart for the league with five, even though he's been injured for the past six, seven weeks. Yeah. So if he comes back, it's the ground running again. You're looking at it going, well, it's got to be... And and it's something I kind of quite like, and again, it's someone pointed this out to me, it's like, for the first time in a while, we feel like the, the team is greater than the individual. So for the first time in quite a while, you look at that and the whole mechanism, all of them, you, you, you know, you can't pick one out easily. You could debate, you know, you could say, oh, that guy, but then it's a debate. Whereas in the past... Kane gets 25 goals and 20 assists in a season, you're kind of like, oh yeah, it was him, <laughs> it was that guy, <laughs> um, whereas now it feels like we're kind of, uh, you would genuinely look at that and go, well, bloody hell, you know, it's a little bit difficult because this guy did this, this guy did this, this this guy contributed, but if I was to put you on the spot of the map, I mean, obviously you've just said that about Pedro Paro, but you know, just rattling through the names and the players that I've just said, do you you agree? Do you think it would be difficult, or do you stand by, no, Pedro Porro's shoulders above?
0: So, I think the difficulty with Pedro Porro is uh, the first few months that he played for Spurs, Mm. like, he wasn't at a good enough standard. And therefore, it's a bit of a loser's trophy, but most improved would definitely go to Pedro Porro and, like, the turnaround. Yeah. And yeah, you know, crucially, you mentioned about the assists. Where would it be if Madison was injured mm. and Pedro Poirot wasn't getting the, the assists and the creativity? Because I'm pretty sure he gets the assists before the assists an awful lot of the time as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. Forming um, up and down, <clears> that, that's, actually,
1: um, that's actually an interesting thing you bring up because the person who has... Uh, I can't remember what the stat is called, but it is one now where... It's basically the person who lays on the person who does the assist. <laughs> I can't, I can't think what it's called. Someone a no, and they're probably shouting at the podcast. So apologies. Udogi leads the way. Udogi's is on like eleven.
0: Uh, I, yeah, and it makes sense because yeah. I saw something. It was like Udogi when he came Spurs, thought he was going to be playing left wing. Yeah, oh, sorry, full uh, back. Fullback, yeah, wing back. He's playing defense. He's playing midfield, and he's playing as like a second striker at times. Yeah. He's everywhere, I and mean, it's the same for <clears throat> Porra. So you can imagine they get involved in every aspect of the game. Yeah, I don't know how like uh, Gary Neville would fare in in this sort of system. No,
1: he wouldn't. Uh, Gar- Gary <laughs> Neville, no, definitely not. Uh, just
0: co- it, just copying pet mate. <laughs> just copying pet mate. I've just uh, I've just been super impressed with Porra, so. In answer your question, I'd, I'd still probably stick with him. Yeah, I remember one of the first podcasts of this season I was on, yeah. and it was when Basuma was absolutely on yeah. fire as well. Yeah. And like, obviously, after the Luton game, things haven't really worked out as yeah. well for him, his form sort of uh, died a little bit there. But at one time, I was I was singing his praises, and I thought he was going to be player yeah. of the season for Spurs, so it just goes to show that. that I mean, the amount of list of injuries we've had and things, yeah. like you say, uh, Van der Vaart, Madison, yeah. these were all players that that were arguably in with a shout and still yeah. possibly will be when they come back. Um, but yeah, no, just... maybe, maybe you're right that the the whole is better than the sum of its parts.
1: We um, we we uh, went on a little bit of a tangent there. We obviously we beat Burnley, which took us into the fourth round of the FA Cup um Gary Mabber Tottenham legend my hero then drew us to play Manchester City it's a home draw <laughs> but um <clears throat> one of the funniest things at the end of last season for me was Pep Guardiola being asked by a you know a reporter you've won the treble the Champions League the Premier League you know the FA Cup you you you're amazing. What what's next season? Do you want to try and win all four? And he just looked calmly like he knew exactly what he was gonna say before, and he went to score a goal at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. It clearly bothers him. <laughs> it's like like to the point that I look at it and I think, Oh god, why why have we pissed off arguably the greatest coach in the world with our with probably I mean, they've just won the World Club Cup, so they are the best team on the planet. And they are pissed. <laughs> they've played five times at our stadium, failed the score. You know, we beat them like 1-0, 2-0, and, and just generally driven them insane. I, At some point, that run's got to end. We all know it. But the thing that cracked me up the most about this, and it is funny when you think about it, is on the official Tottenham Twitter account, it says we have drawn Manchester City, and it is just gallows humour. It is just Tottenham fans going, Well, the cup run was nice while it lasted, never mind. It's just typical, ah, uh, well, you know, who needs a cup run anyway kind of response. But then if you go to the Manchester City account and look at their fans responding to the draw, it was identical. Mm. They have got such a, and it was just like, Why them? Why them? Why does it have to be them? I, I couldn't believe it. I was like sat there in shock. Like you are literally the best. We, we, we've we become their bogey team, which is such a bizarre thing. And I just just like reading it. I'm just like, I can't believe this. These are actual hardcore Man City fans. Just like, no, <laughs> I can't believe why them? That's <laughs> like, that, that's mad. It is mad to me that that, that is a thing. Uh, but I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how you feel about it, but there's a, there's some people going like our oh, record. We got a bit of a thing on him. Um, you know. I think we'll, I think we'll be okay. I, I just, I just know how dedicated he is to beating us this year. I, I don't know how you feel, but to me, it's like I know I don't feel confident about that at all.
0: Uh, yeah, well, a couple of thoughts on it was an issue when the draw was made, and you see, Man United are going to like. Is it Eastleigh? Yeah. Um, or like Newport County or something. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, you know, it'd be nice to get an easy easy draw. But look, uh, and this is where I stand on the whole sort of Spurs and Man City fan bit kind of thing. Is, as Spurs fans, we kind of know if you're going to win the FA Cup, you're going to have to beat Man City at some point.
1: Yeah, or hope
0: so. Whereas Man goes. City... Man City fans don't think the same. They don't think, oh, we'll have to beat Spurs at some point if no. we have to win the, the FA Cup because no, reality is Man City will probably get to the final. And we we potentially won't. So Man City fans just need to avoid this kind of yeah. thing. Whereas we'll we'll definitely have to face them at some point. Yeah. Um But yeah, we're the bogey team. Um so yeah, look, we could have got an easier round. Um but like so i, mean, I'd, I'd, love, I mean, I'd,
1: I'd love it uh, you, you touched on it earlier on my, my generation and slightly older the fa cup means a lot we won it eight times I, i'd love to see us win the fa cup again you know it, it kind of feels like a a dream that's gradually fading year on year for me so it's a cup tie anything can happen i'd love us to win it would appear that we we are going to have a couple of our players back at least. You know, Van de Ven hopefully. Um, even Romero is pushing to be back. So it's just one of those things where you look at it and you look at the way that we play football under Ange. And you, if like I looked at our fixture and we had a fully fit side with all the players available, like Sonny, etc. weren't away, I'd look at that and think, that's going to be a cracking game. Like, I uh we might not win but I've, you know i think we're going to give them a hell of a game i think it's going to be good and like we went to their place in the league and we gave them a hell of a game even with the injuries we got and you know and we didn't lose which is mind blowing still um so i, I don't know it, it's a weird one we do seem to have some weird hoodoo on them it's clearly in their heads which is clearly in their fans heads which is kind of hilarious um, but I don't know. I, I I'm just hoping that we we approach the game well, we play well, and it's one of those funny things because of this like hoodoo, It's like if we went one nil up or two nil up, I almost feel like Man City would start to think, oh, here we go again. Do you know what I mean?
0: <laughs> mm.
1: So I I don't know. It's it's a weird it's a weird one. Um, Timo Werner hat trick that I do. Right. So that's the FA Cup. Let's park that. Um, We've been sent in some questions from fans um, from our social media. So we're going to head there now.
0: Now it's time for your comments from our social media. Dan, Dan,
1: Polynesian Dan, would you like to start on Instagram or Facebook? Instagram. Instagram, we have two, and they are two people who have their themes. However... They're not the one you wanted. You wanted Island Brother to send in a question, didn't
0: you? Island Brother's my favourite,
1: yeah. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. No question from the Island Brother this week. If you're listening, hope you're well. Uh, Hope you had a good Christmas, Happy New Year. Get in touch, because poor Dan's missing you. Um, But we start uh, with a man with his own theme, and it's this one. It's time for a question. From Rock Me Amadeus. He says, You mentioned before that Spurs could not really make January sign-ins until they sold or loaned players out. So with two new sign-ins already, are we to believe Spurs now plan on moving multiple players out this window? Um, well, I think this one's aimed at me, because obviously it was me who said it. So, uh yeah all the noise that came out of tottenham for a, quite a while to every journalist with a good contact was we do not have the money to go big in january um whether that was a bluff um to try and keep things in or whether they've planned things in the way they've orchestrated it i i, I can't tell you but I, that was that was all the noise you you can go back and read all the articles from the journalists so so that was what was said um the signings we made neither of them are what we would class in the modern era as big money uh, I, kn- I know these figures are still you know 25 30 million quid that's, that's a lot of money to me and thee uh but in football in terms you're looking at like clubs in top 4 premier league or, you know they drop 40 million on a youth player nowadays you know so it's it's kind of crazy um but they are you know Werner's a loan deal uh, with very little risk. Uh, yeah, we're paying his wages, but his wages at RB Leipzig are nothing really compared to the Premier League. So we got him on six months. And if he does great and he fits the system, he plays really well, fits in and does great, our our option to sign him is not a lot of money. It's about, I think I read when you when you do the conversion, it's about 16, 17 million quid, which again, in, in modern parlance, isn't a lot of money for a football club. Um, and then obviously the player that we're waiting for the announcement as at this time of recording anyway is Dragusin. Uh He completed his medical yesterday. He is now just just waiting to be announced. Uh, and that deals about twenty five million euros plus five in bonuses. So again, uh, when you convert that to sterling, it is sort of twenty five twenty six million quid all in. So it is it's quite a yeah. It's not massive money being spent. So. In, in a way what they put out there was kind of accurate you know we're not going to be smashing 40 50 60 million on a player but at the same time you know we, we are we are going to try and make some moves the thing that's impressed me the most is the speed um today again as we record this is the 11th of January Tottenham's previous best or earliest signing was the 15th. In in the in the last I think ten years, someone pointed out, and that was Gedson Fernandez on loan. You all remember him, Dan.
0: I was going to say that's that's not a very good uh, indictment of doing early business, no, is it? No,
1: not at all. Um, but <clears throat> it's kind of a, a a big change in our recruitment, and and I'm hoping a very positive one. With regards to players going out, uh, Jed Spence's loan was terminated by Leeds, and it was a real shock to the club. Um, they were expecting him to be there for the season, but it would appear that the management at Leeds were not impressed with his work ethic and attitude around the place. So they terminated that, which again was a shock. So the club have basically got him out on loan again straight away, and he's gone. He's gone as part of the deal. Uh, he's gone to Italy to Genoa. Uh, that deal should be finalized and there is actually a buy option in that of 10 million euros which we inserted also according to reports we are paying his wages for him to be out there which i think just goes to show how much we wanted him away from the squad which has got to be a cons, you know clearly that has just not worked out with jed spence at all um the other one, of course, is Eric Dier. Eric Dyer has six months left on his deal. He's not fitted into Ange's ball at all. Um, you know, he's just not is not a system he can play in. We've all seen that. Um, a lot of us thought though he'd be here for the season. However, Bayern Munich, having failed to secure Dragasin, who we've signed, have now moved for Eric. And he's again, as we speak, he's having his medical in Germany. They're signing him for about three million quid. Um, which for us is great. You know, that's it's not a massive fee, but it's better than nothing for a player with six months left on his deal, and he he's going to go out to Germany and play for Bayern Munich. So I mean, he's happy. We're happy. It's it's a good deal all round. Um, any any thoughts on the sort of dire leaving, mate? Uh,
0: not particularly. Um, it's been a good servant to the club. Yeah. We got him for about 4 mil. Yep. And he was awesome for, what, four, five seasons? Yeah. And then a couple of injuries and things. I mean, there was a time when Man United wanted him and, like, Jose Mourinho was, like, offering 40 mil plus and he stuck with us kind of thing when other snakes, (coughs) Cal Walker, (laughs) were were quick to jump ship. And, yeah, you know... You know, it's sort of the period where him and Dele Alli and things yeah. like that were like top of top of the Premier League wish list kind of thing for most clubs, and yeah, I, I think injuries just sort of played their part, kind of thing. Yeah, illness it, as was well. the client sort of around COVID time, really.
1: Yeah, I mean, he he was very unwell for a while, um, and he had to have an operation and stuff, and I I, I think. I think the issue is, is as we tried to... Different managers had very different systems, different ideas. And I think he, under Pochettino, for example, was the defensive midfielder in the shield. Him and Wanyama sort of rotating in and out. And the goal always was long-term to then go back in the central defence. When he did make that transition back, he was under different managers, different systems... And, you know, there was a time he looked great, you know, in a back three, for example, in the middle of that, he he was playing very well, Uh, but it was a very deep block, um, very difficult because we weren't controlling possession. And so I said this a few times, our defenders looked worse than they were because they were just being hammered nonstop. It was just the ball just kept coming back at them because we didn't retain possession we were playing a counter-attack style where we either counter-attacked and scored or we gave the ball away straight away. And they, you know, they just kept coming at us. <clears throat> um, for me, i got so many memories of Eric and <clears throat> yes, it's a little bit bittersweet, a little bit kind of like it's completely the right time, you know, possibly should have happened before. Um, but, but he leaves with only good thoughts from me and and best wishes. Uh, okay, the next question is from another person who has his own thing, uh, and this is this guy. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Johnny Stark Show. And here is his question. It's a very uplifting little jingle, that one, isn't it? Uh, You're a fan
0: of uh, The Johnny, Johnny Stark Show.
1: I am, yes, clearly. Uh, the Johnny Stark says... How shocked are you that Spurs have gotten two new players registered already, Dan? I'll hand that one to you. How shocked are you that we've got it done already?
0: Well, it's 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 different. It's the first time we've, <laughs> we've had it. We've had you, it. This, you don't this know early. how to process
1: it. So I
0: don't know. Well, so I mean, on, on the on the first of it, you could have called it in November. Like, we're going to need new signings ASAP. And that's been pretty much what Andrew said for the last two months. He said, we need a centre-back. We need reinforcements. We're running on sort of, you know, bare bones. Um, So it wasn't a surprise that we've, you know, signed players, I guess, getting them in early. I've seen quite a bit recently people complaining about how long the Dragosin deal's taking. Yeah. So you know, I think there's an expectation that we all knew we needed a centre back. Why didn't we get one in the first of January?
1: Um, I mean, I can I can answer that um, quite simply. He wasn't the first choice. Um, we we made a move for a player in France, uh, Tadebo, I think his name was. Um, hmm. I could have that wrong. Apologies if I have. Um, and they made it abundantly clear they didn't want to lose him in January. The player was interested. Um, but they they basically put a price tag and a kind of look if you want him in January okay but it has to be done now and it has to be this price or no we're not entertaining it in the summer yes but not now so the club looked at that and then went okay you look at his profile and then you look at our second choice per layer's profile we're going to move on to our second choice because we believe we can secure him in January and that's what we've done. So, yeah, you're right. Going into the window, there's nothing stopping you from preparing and getting ready and start talking to clubs. Hell, you can even agree deals that then complete on the 1st of January, which is something that always confuses me why people don't do that. But there seems to be some sort of, no, we will start talking on the 1st of January. Not before <laughs> at Tottenham. Um, so, yeah. I think, so, I, I,
0: I, think, I think the biggest surprise is years gone by. Daniel Levy's been in charge and things yeah. have dragged on until, yeah. you know, transfer deadline day, January.
1: Yeah.
0: And then, you know, you, you end up getting Ryan Nelson and Louis Sahar in. Uh, um, it's a pain.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I think maybe it's it's good. Maybe you can go, well, actually, the changes that they've made to the uh, recruitment team. Yeah. So Johan Lang coming in. Um, uh, are we allowed to say Don Paraty? She's still somewhat involved in transfers.
1: Yeah, just a little bit, yeah.
0: Yeah, um, it's it's clearly working. We, we've seen a change in how we, we recruit and how we're acting faster, um, which is good. Yeah. Could we do more? Huh. I think if the purse the, strings the were a little bit looser, then def- definitely.
1: Always, but that's, that's not how this club's run. And I think acceptance of that helps with stress levels because <laughs> cause I, I have gotten myself into an exasperated mess far too many times of frustration at why the hell are we not just getting this done, you know, and and so aggravated in the past over certain deals. And I'm not going to lie, I will be that way again in the future. I know my personality. That Even though right now I sound very zen, at some point i will be pissed off <laughs> that you know for the sake of x we we've not done a deal and it, it just drives me insane um and and there's too many to mention there's too many examples where you can look at it and just go if we'd done this this is how much things would have been different um so so i'm going to shake that off um what what i'd say is the The recruitment is is very different. The structure of the club is very different. Yes, Daniel Levy still has sign-off on everything financial, but people are working within budgets. So if you're going to him and you're saying, right, we've worked within the budget, here you go, and he signs it off, and and that's how simple it is now. The way that we're recruiting around data-driven recruitment as well means that we are going into windows. Ange is basically like, I need a central defender. This is my profile, the way I play. They are identifying multiple targets for every every position that we're looking to strengthen. And then we are working our way through it. And we saw that in the summer. You know, the the goalkeeping thing, I think, is the best example of that. Like, Vicario was second choice. Everyone knows that. We went in for David Reyes. And we went in on the basis he's got a homegrown status, which would have helped our squad. Uh, but the premium they wanted to charge based on that, given his final year of his contract didn't make sense and then you had another goalkeeper who was Italy unfortunately wasn't classed as homegrown which means we would have to change our squad structure a little bit of what we wanted to do but his stats and his profile was better but he just didn't have that homegrown tag so we straight away went okay can we do this deal no right we go on the, we move on and we secure vicario quickly and you only got to look at his performances and, and the rave reviews from everybody about him that, that you realize that, okay, this method of recruitment is working, in my opinion, anyway. Um, right, if you're happy, we'll move over to Facebook.
0: Yeah.
1: First one is from Matthew Fleming. Matthew says, Welcome back, folks. Enjoying your new Christmas presents from Daniel Levy. Do you feel that now with Werner in and Dragusin confirmed, we have hit our two most important areas of the squad to develop? Which other position do you feel we could use cover and who would you like to see us go for? Go on in Dan. Pick one position you think that we need to strengthen up in this window and who would you like to see us bring in?
0: Creative midfielder, for sure. Yeah. Um that if it's somebody that sort of plays off the wing and then maybe you could have Kulazewski play centre mid uh, or number eight, sorry. Yeah. Um, it, You know, it, did, did he say realistic or... or uh, is
1: it just... He did not say realistic. So if you want to go mental, go for it.
0: Well, I, I'd just say Michael Alise, um, Crystal Palace. But I know, <laughs> you know... Uh, an awful lot of big teams want him in
1: the Chris, Premier League. He's Chris, hub, Chris homegrown. Um, uh, I also like SA at Crystal Palace, yeah. but Crystal Palace negotiating the standard for for their players is quite admirable, to be honest with you. You ring them and you go, hey, I was just wondering. Like, yeah, that's 50 million to talk to us, um, 65 million for us to tell him you, you might be interested. Um, they, they price their players through the friggin' roof and they, they got a central defender there guy i can't pronounce his name go on dan you can do it for me
0: uh mark gay
1: if you say so my friend um and like we we made an inquiry and they were like yeah 75 million and we were like um d- really and they were like yeah <laughs> just adamant just like we're not gonna budge it's 75 million or jog on uh, okay thanks we we were around the 40 million mark and they're like, yeah, good for you. 75 or jog on. And that, and that was mm. it. Um, I, 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 I mean, I I kind of admire them. <laughs> I, I like it. It's like we've signed these players and we've developed them. We have brought them through. If you want to take them from us, you are going to pay. Um, and the funny thing is, is with Chelsea in the world of a Todd Bowley, they know that someone would. So, yeah, uh, you know, and that's what kind of messes up the market because, Newcastle would nowadays. Chelsea would nowadays. Man United and Man City could, but they tend to not go for that kind of craziness. Uh but but if they were forced to, you know, they would.
0: <laughs> I was gonna say, so sir. So. Grealish was a hundred mil. Anthony was yeah, 90, uh, 85. Million, yeah. So, so you're, yeah, yeah. You know,
1: you're, you're quite right. You know, if they if they looked at it and went, right, I want a homegrown central defender in this position for the next 10 years, is spending $75 million over the rate? For them, no. For us, probably. Um, I mean, me and you have had that debate a long time. Like, If you sign a player who's going to be in that position for X amount of time, then really the fee is kind of split over that um but yeah it's it's that's just not how we operate and like i said i'm trying to stay zen and not get carried away with it um the the one for me it is is in central midfield because i and this could spark a debate i believe Hoybier doesn't suit angible um i i've not i've been a bit frustrated with him for a little while um I, I feel he does some stuff in game. Like He's been coming off the bench a lot and doing stuff, and I've been really pleased and really impressed. He's come on and made a real impact on several occasions. Uh, against Burnley, for example, he made a block at the end of the game. It would have been 1-1 if he hadn't been there. But he lets people run off him to the point that it, it just it drives me insane. And when you're playing in that position, in this kind of system, you just can't do it. You know, It's it's sort of thing that Basuma's been doing, which he didn't allow previously you know now his form slipped um you see it's something that sar never allows that like sar tracks everything forward and back and so it frustrates me and I, and I I feel like we could replace him with better now um who that is uh for me a player i'd like to see us with a, with a low risk kind of have a go uh, but I, I don't think it had ever happened would be calvin phillips from man city try and get him on a loan until the summer uh, with an option. Uh, I, I dare say it's been investigated and Man City would want, you know, would want it kind of by him now. <laughs> um, but it's the sort of player that I think would suit Ange in that six role. Um, or, which is even more kind of like you sign uh, a wide player or a creative player in the middle let Hoibier leave and let Skip play the games there. Let let him play that role, which is the shield, which is what he always played coming through the academy and just helped develop him. With, with games, I'm still confident Oliver Skip can contribute. Uh, it's becoming fashionable to kind of hate on him at the moment, which which annoys me. Um, but, you know, he, he is there. And at the moment, whenever Skip gets minutes, it's kind of in an eight box to box role like he's covering for SAR, that, that's not his game. You know, he is he is a stop people from playing, give it to those who can type of player. And and that works for us. That that can work quite well in this system. But if he doesn't have the games to settle in to to feel confident in it, then he's always gonna look out of place, which is where he looks at the moment. So I wouldn't be a, a you know object to that. But, I mean, hoybier for example, is the key for me in whether we do any more business in this window because he is very keen to leave. He fired his agent in the summer who failed to get him a move and hired a new one who has been working. Um, Juventus and Roma um, and I think there's also clubs in Spain and clubs in Germany who are all interested fee wise we're not for me anyway in my opinion we're not asking for a lot we're asking for like 25 million which for for hoi i don't think the the world breaking amount at all but of course we got to remember the leagues around the world th- that is a lot to them um for the premier league it feels like nothing nowadays but but for for other leagues it's still quite a lot so it'd be interesting what happens there. I mean, I, I know I don't want to get too embroiled in it From from your point of view, you, would you keep, Hobie? I know he's like Mr. Reliable for you, but would you keep him or with him pushing for a move? Would you be happy to just cash in at this point?
0: So I'd agree that Hobie doesn't fit Andrew Ball. Yeah. He's, he's not, um, a box to box midfielder.
1: Nope.
0: um, He's not, he doesn't have, I don't know how you'd say it, sort of the, uh, so with Bissouma and Bensonko, you know that you can give them the ball at any point, mm. in any sort of tight space, A bit like Musa Dembele was, yeah. you know, at setting back, if you're in trouble, They'll make themselves available regardless of how many players are on them, yeah. and they've got the composure. That's the word I wanted. Yeah. Composure to be able to sort of turn, find a pass, move the ball at the pitch. Which, obviously, sometimes he, he does go missing miss in those situations. He don't want the ball in those those sort of high pressure situations, and yeah. that is pretty much the crux of An- Angeball is is risk and reward. It is. Yep. It's taking it in those sort of positions. However, like you said, Mister Reliable uh you know when he was at his best under conte jose he, he was an absolute viking warrior you know he he's always available and like even this last week uh lacelso has been absolutely you know brilliant since he sort of started playing in what late november sort of time yeah uh, hamstring strain or whatever it is. Yeah. How many injuries has Nicelso had in the sort of four or five seasons he's played for Spurs? Yeah, BO is available week in, week out. I, I agree with you, um, especially when he starts games towards the end, he just doesn't seem to track runners anymore. But no. since he's been used as sort of a super sub, and he's come on to like finish games he's always done a job yeah um yeah, but, I like but I like him but I think he'll leave and that's why I've, I've gone off on a little bit of a rant yeah. I think he'll leave this window and I, I think he's been great uh I don't think you could ask much more I think we paid 15 mil yeah. and Carl Walker Peters went the other way and for three four years whatever it's been he's he's been brilliant um mm. in terms of what you've asked of him so yeah I think we can improve in that area, uh, I'm probably going to no. upset you a little bit. I don't think Skip's an improvement on him, um, but I wouldn't be averse to to playing Skip I... and give, giving him a chance because mm. he's never really had a chance. at it's, first. it's certainly he's not never gonna, had a run of games. It's
1: certainly not going to yeah. upset me because I, I I look at it right now, and you're right. You can't look at the way he's played this season and 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 argue that you can't. My my point of view is and and is is one that. I do not want Oliver Skip to become a homegrown club trained player that we keep in the squad for squad for rule for the rules. I want him to be the player that he has always been coming through the academy system, has always been head and shoulders above everybody. You know, Pochettino was the one who started introducing him around the first team. That's how long ago that was. And and he went he had that incredible season on loan at Norwich. He's been back and he's been a bit part player for us. He is Tottenham through and through. He's an unassuming kid, very down to earth, very nice, but a real, got a real side to him on the pitch, which I like. You know, a real kind of, you wouldn't look at him and think he's got that, but he has, you know, a real bite. He needs to feel that kind of, this is your role, all right? This is the way you're going to play. And, You're going to have this for the next however many weeks. And if you do it, then whoever comes back from AFCON or whatever has got to outperform you to get the shirt back. This is your chance. And I think if he gets given that, he'll excel, It's just my opinion. And if he doesn't, he doesn't. But at least give him that opportunity. Because right now... What we're seeing is him come on, you know, his sub and be like, okay, you're coming on for so and so. That means you're box to box that you're coming on for so and so because Angeball is a system, and the players are going in and out of it. You, you know, he doesn't change the system because of who he's bringing on. If you see what I mean, is not like okay, all right, Skip's coming on, therefore we need to sit deeper. Nope, that's not how we do it, mate. <laughs> you know, this is this isn't how we go. So he is adapting and he is working hard and. He isn't doing a lot wrong, but he also isn't doing anything that makes people go, "Oh wow, look at that!" Do you see what I mean? It's like mm. it's not like he's coming on and making mistakes every center. He's being tidy, but he's just not coming on and grabbing games, which in that central midfield area, you know, like Bentancur, like is a great example. That guy when we signed him everyone was a bit like I don't really know who this guy is what can he do and you saw him play a few tidy games and then all of a sudden you saw him run a few games and you went oh wow you know that mm. he is like a dominant performance in the middle of the park and that's what you need and and Skip hasn't done that once in the first team for us anyway I saw him do it for Norwich but he hasn't grabbed the game he hasn't sort of Suddenly, had had a great game, and I think if he could do that or get the opportunity to do that, he 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 could then grow into it, and all of a sudden, he is a valuable member of the squad, not just mm. there based on his club trained. Which you know, just just would be a horrible thing, in my opinion. Well, uh, really- I think
0: the issue for Skip at the moment is um, he almost seems like a square peg in a round hole.
1: <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, which which can be solved because you know, we do the, the three midfielders do have very different roles. Um and one of them does need to set. One of them does need to set, sweep up, you know, stop those who can play and give the ball to those who can. That's Yeah, shooting.
0: but that go back to what I said about and not having yeah. the sort of composure to be able to pick up the ball. Does yeah. Skip have that? Um You go... Compare him to Bensinkor and Basuma, then.
1: No, he he, he is not... He will make himself available, but he is not someone, for me, and again, this is just my opinion, if he's got three people on him, I would not personally want to give him the ball. I think he'd lose it. Whereas Basuma, 90% of the time, I'd feel confident he'd be able to turn. Uh, Bensinkor, I'd feel the same way. Of course, they'll make mistakes as well. Definitely, we've seen that. But I'd feel more confident with them without a shadow of a doubt. What Skip does, which is probably because he knows that himself, is he'll find space. And he will find space and his awareness is very good. So one of the things you anyone would have seen him at Norwich, for example, is he will find space and he will have a pass lined up ready. So when the ball comes to him, he's moving it. He, and then he'll go and find space again. He he is he's that sort of player, but his focus always was in the academy. And when he was at Norwich, especially, is to break up the opposition play. Get forward where he can, sure, but it was to stop the opposition. And, and that's kind of his game and always has been. Under Ange, you need to do that little bit more. And I guess this is now a challenge for him. This is kind of where he can sink or swim to a certain extent of... Can he add that to his game? Can he develop that? At the moment, it is very difficult to judge because it's kind of bit part. But if he can, then then brilliant. I'll, I'll be over the moon. And and yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. My humble opinion, anyway. Um, mm. Michael Joseph says, with a couple of January signings completed and a completely fit squad, how far could we go this year? Do we dare to dream? Um as, as Big Ange says, go ahead, mate, dream, because we have enough crap times. <laughs> um, the fully fit squad one, mate, it just is not happening. We get a player back and another one drops at the moment. Um, Van der ven passed himself fit and Davis did his hamstring in the very next game. Um, we still don't have the results of his scam, which isn't a good thing. Normally, if there's a delay, it's because it's not going to be great news. Um. And then, like uh, Dan pointed out, Luchelso's also gone down injured. So it just feels like you get a player back and then everyone drops. And yeah, it's kind of mad. Um, Tom Perks says, great to have you guys back on the airwaves. Do you think one of the European powerhouses are going to come in for Ricario in the next 12 months? Who might need him? Could we stop him from leaving? Dan? Uh, I
0: don't think so. No um, I, I don't think I think, so I think most most of the big clubs have, have got a, a number one that's been there for, for years. Um so I wouldn't be too worried about that. I think probably def, uh, it's really weird to say this, but probably our defence is an area which people would, would would take some of our players right now dog he has got huge potential. So young, you're mm. talking about a player that might have ten years, you know, ahead of him in the Premier League.
1: And he signed until <laughs> twenty thirty, people.
0: <laughs> yeah, but but who wouldn't want him? Pedro Porro the same. Yeah. Uh, at the moment, who wouldn't some take Man City, for example. Yeah, they could come in for him. You know, I, I you said know... to you, I was I was worried about, um, uh, Romero potentially yeah. going. You know that you're talking about World Cup winner centre back, probably going to his prime soon. Spanish teams will want them surely. Oh, massively! Um, the the thing
1: the thing that's interesting, or or the thing that is right now, that squad are very together, very family, very kind of Ange has them playing for each other, loving life, enjoying their football. Now, we know, as fans especially, is that can change. Under Pochettino, we had this amazing family atmosphere, um, the kind of dire deli bromance. We were loving the stuff around that that side. And then it all came apart. It all came apart as certain players went a little bit stale, but the manager still you know, was almost friends with them and it just became problematic. You know, Carl Walker was the first to really push his way out. Uh, Alder Verold wouldn't sign a new deal because him and Pochettino weren't getting along. And there's so much that, you know, is now known, but at the time was kind of like, what's going on? You know, everyone was so happy. (laughs) Why have the performances suddenly dropped? Why don't we press anymore? You know, everything just kind of went downhill. So Right now, there's not a player there that I would look at and think, "Oh, they're they're going to push their way out if an offer comes in." You got to remember, Romero had offers in the summer, and given how awful we were last year, his loyalty to turn around and say, "No, you know, I I've won the World Cup with Argentina, I now want to stay at Tottenham, and you know, I want to do something with this club." It's actually quite commendable, you know. To the point, I'm even a little bit surprised at it myself. Um, so uh, you're always going to, always going to have situations where someone might come in and all of a sudden everything changes, especially with our ownership. If there's enough zeros on a deal, all of a sudden anyone's available as we know. So, um, but for me, Vicario seems very happy, you know, Vicario just watch any of his interviews. He, he treats signing for us and playing for us as hitting the, the, the top. And and I love that. And that's, that seems to be a theme of a number of the players we've signed, where they actually feel that we are the destination, not a stepping stone. Which in the past, some of them have been pretty clear about. You know, you do you remember us signing Christian Eriksen and him literally saying that in the interview, like, "Oh, you know, I've got a, I've got a career trajectory, and this is just the next step."
0: <laughs> I, I don't remember that, yeah. but. With the greatest respects, that next step didn't happen for about five years.
1: No, no, and, yeah, well, that's that's a whole other bag. Um, The next question is from Barry Fowles, who says, Injuries, why so many hamstrings? What's going on? There seems to be a theme this season. Interestingly. That's
0: That's just the way we play, mate.
1: Yeah. Now, interestingly, Ange Postacoglu has had this issue in his first season at every club he's been at. So there must be <laughs> the way we play, or the training methods, or something. But in the second, but it it calms down. Um, I, I read an article. Alistair Gold of Football London wrote, basically like th- this does happen for for whatever reason. So hopefully this is a temporary ouch as everyone in the whole squad adjusts, and we we you know we sign players and people who can play Ange ball, but. There's certain players, like Dan, for example, Luchelso, uh, as talented and as much as I like him, I've got to look at it and just go, he's never going to be available. <laughs> just like if, if if people are being pushed to their limits, that guy's limit is just made of paper. Um, okay, and last, last question we have is someone else who has their own thing. Here is a question from Ryan Miller. You all know what time it is. It's Miller time. I just basically want to get It's Miller time. Um, okay. Ryan Miller says Spurs seem to finally be loaning out our academy players to gain experience. Who do you think this change has come from? And can you see us doing this going forward? Also, Brian Hill, keep or sell? My opinion is he has been given quite a few opportunities and is yet to deliver. Perhaps a loan to a championship team is needed um i'll go to you with brian what what are your thoughts on brian dan
0: um it's not worked out no and it it won't work out i'm afraid um i've never seen a player do so much but also so little end product you know he he looks every time he gets on the ball he looks like he's going to do something
1: yeah
0: and then it it I don't know if it's because he doesn't have the the pace, the power, the strength, but he just collapses. You, you know when he's about to receive the ball and the defender's behind him, he's going to go down and he won't get a free kick or anything because I, I swear the refs look at him and go you know, yeah. you weigh seven stone dripping wet. Yeah, you, know, you, you need to protect the ball more, whatever it is, but you know, I I, I had the uh, when he when we signed him, I had hopes he could be like a a David Silva type. Yeah, me too. Or maybe close to home, like a Luca Modric, you know, small frame type yeah. thing, but you know cu- you know, a couple of months in or whatever they, they get a feel for for the Premier League and they bulk up a bit, whatever. But it, I, I think
1: uh, I think for me, the we had loan options for him earlier when he signed for us where he could have played and stayed in England championship or another premier league team. And we elected to loan him back to Spain each time. Um In doing that, I think there's two aspects to that one. We did nothing to help him adjust to English football, you know, loaning him back to Spain. What does that achieve other than keeping his value up? And, getting his wages paid and maybe a loan fee. It feels to me like from day one, from him arriving, we've as a club, have kind of accepted this isn't going to work. And he is a player has now reached that point of clearly this isn't going to work. I personally think we need to find a permanent uh, deal for him to leave, whether it's this window or not. But, You look at the players we're signing, you look at the way we're playing, I just don't see him fitting at all going forward. Um, There's talent there, and I think he will have a good career probably in Spain playing for a Spanish side, but I I just don't see it for us. Um, And and yeah, I just don't see it. With regards to the academy thing, um, we've (laughs) we've always loaned certain players out. Um the, the thing that's changed in the club and the structure of the club is the kind of uh under 21 coaching setup are now a little bit more involved with the recruitment and and the kind of team that are arranging the loans. Um and so there are certain players they're playing for the under 21s and they are developing and they're doing well. They're around the first team squad and you can see that they are in a place where they're learning and, and they're doing well. Then there are other players that you look at and you go, this person needs first team football. They need to go out on loan because it's not so much that they're not learning where they are, but they're just at a point in their career where they need that experience because to a certain extent, when you're at Tottenham and you're at Hotspur Way, you're a little bit pampered. The, you know, There's facilities are top of the line. The pitches are top of the line. You know, everything there is perfect. You go down the football pyramid and, you know, you're cleaning your own boots. You're, you know, you're often the the changing rooms are cramped, you know, all these different things. You're playing with people who, you know, are fighting against relegation and to keep their job. And you're, and you're faced with a very different reality. And sometimes you need that. You, you know, the younger players need to feel that this is what professional football is. It isn't just showing up at Hotspur Way, seeing the first team in their Ferraris, and and you know you look at that, and go, oh, that could be me in a few years. You need to kind of have that experience, and and there's a lot more integration, there's a lot more conversations happening, there's a lot more thought uh, going into it, and so I think you are going to see um, a more a more measured approach. I don't think you're going to see a massive amount more. So you're not going to see like the Chelsea level of player farming where we're like, okay, we got thirty academy kids out on loan now because it, we, you can't monitor that; it's unsustainable, and also we won't be able to field an under twenty one team. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I think I think you will see it um, a, a few more, uh, but it will be a far more measured approach, and not you know not not something that's sort of haphazard, which it has been, which is good.
0: If I can add as well, it it needs to be more measured or more researched because we've seen it this month.
1: Yeah,
0: loans are super hit and miss.
1: Yeah, big time. Yeah,
0: and um we've I I'd argue we got it wrong this season. The 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 loans that we've sent out. Um, yeah, you know, p- players aren't getting tanganga. Yeah. Two, what, two. what benefit has going to Germany done for him?
1: No, zero. Um,
0: uh, Jed Spence, he's come back. He's a problem child, pretty much. We're sending yeah. him off again. Yeah. Um, Regulon, you know, I think we all knew why he was going to Man United. They, they needed yeah. somebody for cover short term, but yeah. you know, get them the right clubs, get them the you know the the game time. I, I That's think... the reason they're going on loan for. Um,
1: I think the, the there's a difference between a regular and going out on loan, which is basically we can't sell you right now, so we're just gonna loan you, which is what that is, compared to the Dane Scarlet situation, for example, where we were looking for him to get game time and it didn't work out. Now the the interesting thing with that is is like all parties involved in that are almost like apologetic. Ipswich are sort of like, we we weren't expecting to be this high up the league. <laughs> um, you know, the players we had in have been brilliant and we weren't necessarily expecting it. And Dane just hasn't got the game time. So we called him back because we'd rather have him training him with our first team in on the bench here than sitting on the bench at Ipswich. Um, but it, it's kind of stuff like that. I mean, you're quite right. And also the other thing is the unknowns. You send a player down to a club in League 1, League 2, and they've got a manager who you know is a good coach, the system they're going to play. Ten games in, that guy gets fired. You, you All of a sudden, the new coach comes in, he changes the system. You know, look at that loan for Tanganga, for example. The manager who signed him to go there to Germany was playing three central defenders, and Tanganga was going to be on the right of that. The new manager there, after he got fired after five games plays a back four and Tanganga is now sixth choice. So, so it it just, there are certain things that are beyond your control, but you are right. You want to try and do as best research as you can. Um, And and to a certain extent, loans that go out in January normally have a higher success rate because typically clubs are in a, in a, in a position like, Oh, we need to add someone desperately because we got injuries so they're going to get games. Do you know what I mean? It's it's like you can mm-hmm. tend to be a bit more, okay, great. You're going to that club and you're going to play the next 10, 15 games at least because of X, Y, and Z. Whereas in the summer, there is an element of, we don't know. <laughs> you know, because this guy recruiting you for this club, he could he could get fired. <laughs> so, so who knows? Um, the interesting one for everyone to keep an eye on, Troy Parrott. He is now getting absolute rave reviews in Holland. Um, he's scoring. He's getting assists. He's playing, and and the the fans and and the critics are now really starting to talk. You know, so everyone keep an eye out for that. It's quite interesting. And the last one I'll just end on with this is apparently, and I'm touching wood here. Please let this be true. Galatasaray are keeping Undombele. <sighs> yes, please keep him. Everything was they're going to send him back the minute the window opened, but apparently he started the play. So hopefully, hopefully that continues and he doesn't get caught at a burger place next week.
0: Mm. Uh, What was was the returns policy we put on that loan? uh,
1: Unfortunately. No backseats. Yeah, no no (laughs) backseats. So we just sent him off and just like, just keep him. I mean, they they've got an option to buy him next summer, and apparently Tango's told him he'd love to stay at the club. And all of a sudden, they're all best friends again. So, you know, if he go if he stays and he plays well for them and they buy him, then great. But I don't know. There's something about that guy where you just expect like the next week to be like, oh, Tango Ndembeli choked on a cheeseburger yesterday and is going to miss six weeks. <laughs> it just the guy just seems to constantly sabotage himself. Um, but look that's all the questions thank you so much for everyone sending them in um, it is time for us to wrap things up all that's going to be left to say really is just to do a very very quick prediction for the Man United game which is coming up uh, the day before my birthday is the 14th and Eric Dyer's birthday as well the 15th that would be sad he's going to have left by the time you won't be my Tottenham birthday buddy anymore um, <clears throat> Dan predictions for that game just give me a score what do you think
0: uh, so I'm going to the game. Um, amazing. One one.
1: Excellent. I'm going three one Tottenham. Let's friggin' have it. So Werner's gonna score on his debut. It's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be a tap in as well. All the I all, hope so. All the misses he had at Chelsea, he's gonna like score one straight away and be like F you blue. <laughs> um so that is it. That is our show. The first one of 2024 is wrapped. Polynesian Dan, thank you so much for joining me, I really appreciate it mate, I didn't have anyone else to talk to this week so you're very kind
0: Um, Thanks for having me, enjoyed it
1: Good, the show will be back next week, until then everybody you all take care and as always come on you Spurs
0: Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast We hope that you enjoyed the show Stay up to date with all things Tottenham. Follow us on social media. All links are in the podcast description.